1: Everyone, welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, editorial director. Here with Mara Levinsky, senior editor. Hey, everybody. Well, Mara, right before we came up here to chat, we had Days of Our Lives on, and the story with Claire, the resident pyromaniac, was playing out. And I have to say, I am way into this story. So when Claire came back as older, a teenager in 2015, I'll admit I was not too invested in her story. She was a budding musician. She was obsessed with Theo. And then they all moved into that loft. Yeah, that was not the most successful
0: younger set storyline, I think it's fair to say. Uh, Remember when Sierra was raped on the
1: the couch at the Horton house? I was extremely turned off. Oh, trust. I wish I could forget. Uh, But over the past year, Claire, as played by Olivia Keegan, has gradually become unhinged. That is the very best way to come unhinged, I find. (laughs) And I love it. Like, count me in. Uh, Burn whatever you want. I mean, except the Horton cabin, because that really is pretty sacrilegious. But I just find that they tapped into a part of the character that really works. So, you know, it's a bummer that we know that Olivia's time on the show will soon come to an end. Uh, you know, days film six months in advance. They may be seven at this point, actually. And we know that she is leaving. But it just makes me think about how anytime I suddenly get invested in a character, I feel like they get written out. And maybe it's because they finally get interesting material to play. I don't know. But now I think I'm really going to miss Claire. I would never have predicted the, the turnaround in sentiment there. But I, I think
0: you're right. You know, I think it's going to leave such a hole in the younger set in Salem. It's hard to sort of imagine who will drive story once she's gone. And, and trust me, I will take dumping kerosene every which way over trying to go viral with a sex tape. <laughs> um, and I also think you're right about the notion that writers maybe start paying more attention to and revving up the plot of someone who's poised to leave, you know, to try to like send them off with a bang. Now, I, I didn't love her exit storyline, but when Rebecca Budig left General Hospital as Hayden in 2017, her story was at such a fever pitch. You know, her recent engagement to Finn and she was pregnant and then they played the whole moment of her past catching up to her, which ultimately drove her out of town. Um, but she went into such story overdrive that it put Hayden more on my radar, I
1: guess, and therefore I felt her absence more keenly. Well, maybe for me, it's the crazy element of the story. Um, I remember on Bold and Beautiful, Allie was such a drip. And then they made her obsessed with Steffi because of the whole, your mom killed my mom with (laughs) Taylor and Darla. But I was way into how Ashlyn Pierce played those scenes. I feel she really made Allie interesting. And her character got a lot of play before dying. And like just when I was getting into her. But I also feel the need to make the distinction that it's about characters who previously were sane and then take a turn, and I think it's just an interesting dynamic to explore. Yeah, it's sort of like
0: a fast track to making someone interesting. It's like Mm -hmm. the sudden psycho. Uh, Well, going back a bit, like, let's talk about Annie and All My Children. I think that Missy Egan, who played her, would be the first to say that her early tenure on the show could probably be summed up in one word, meh. (laughs) Um, Annie just was not very interesting until she went off the deep end and stabbed Erica Kane in her old wedding gown and started sleeping with everyone in town with the last name Chandler. You know, I was a huge JR and Annie fan, not something I saw coming or would have predicted. And then Missy left. And, you know, not everyone gets a big send off before they leave. That's very true. Like very recently, I feel like Matt Cohen uh, left G.H.'s Griffin with quite the whimper. Uh, but I think that's because they seem to be building like a fight club storyline for him. And then they had to pull the plug because he left, which is different than the writers like really having the time to develop a full and proper storyline.
1: Well, our guest today knows a little about leaving town both ways. It's Greg Rickhart, who as Days Leo, had such an amazing, fun, delicious story to play before his character left town, but on YR really had a low-impact exit as Kevin before joining Days. Uh, Well, now he's back at Y&R, and I am super excited to see what story they've planned for Kevin. So let's get him on the phone to talk about his Genoa City return. Hi, Greg. Hi, ladies. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm
2: fine. Thank you.
1: Well, a big welcome back to Young and the Restless. Thank you. We are so happy and cannot wait to see Kevin again.
2: You're not as happy as I am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, tell us, how did it feel to get the call to come back?
2: Um, it was, Uh, it felt great. I had come back, Um, let's see, Uh, for Melody's uh, anniversary party, mm-hmm. which was... Um, you may know better than me, but maybe I want to say February. And, uh, and it just felt so nice being here. It was, you know, the energy on set was amazing and, uh, it was great to see Josh and Tony and, and, um, all my old cast mates and, um, and I left feeling like, Oh, that's the winery I missed. Um, and then uh, shortly after that, uh, I had, you know, been in touch with a few people and, um, and, uh, and yeah, I guess, um, I had also spoken to Josh that day and and he knew that I was wrapped at days and, um, and, um, knew that of course, especially with him at the helm that I would, you know, be more than happy to, uh, to, to come on back here. And so, uh, a little while after that is when, um, is when I got uh, got word that uh, they had something in mind for Kevin, which was really exciting, of course.
0: When you had uh, wrapped the last time, did, did you think you were done with YNR for good? Like, that was the end of the road for Kevin? Like, what did you think?
2: I did. I think, um, you know, sometimes it's easier said than done, but I try to, you know, uh, just stay in the moment and... Um, and I don't think, uh, that I was, I was necessarily offered anything encouraging about, um, I think I was given some sort of mixed messages when I left about, Hey, you're still sort of in the winer universe. Um, but we're also moving you <laughs> out of town. So I was, uh, so I think just for my own, um, mental health, I sort of treated it like an end just cause it was, uh, I don't know, I guess it was easier for me to move on from it rather than to sort of question whether or not it was still, something that I was a part of, you know, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. And, absolutely. Um, and I also think I needed to, um, uh, I think I had to sort of like close the door to be open to, uh, to be fully available and open to, to other opportunities. And so, um, so yeah, I think at the time I did think of it as, as an end.
1: Now, When the news went up, I mean, fans had such an incredible reaction, so excited to see you back. What does that mean to you, to know how much you and Kevin mean to the audience?
2: I, I mean, I really can't overstate, like, how thrilling and exciting the entire experience has been. Um, and it's, uh, you know, I think, I think the fan reaction is especially, uh, validating and, um... I don't know, it kind of makes me feel like, well, I guess I wasn't crazy. This was something this was special and I'm not the only one that thought that. So um so yeah, that was really, really uh exciting for me. And um and I'm excited that I'm really excited that the fans are excited because not just that that Kevin's coming back, but um they're in for a really fun ride. It's gonna be a really great story.
0: So what can you tell us about what your first day back was was like for you walking in those doors again? Um, well, I guess, uh, I don't
2: know. I think I always felt like I was grateful for the job truly, you know, um, every time I would drive onto, uh, onto the lot, I would always, you yeah, know, remind myself how fortunate I was and, and, um, how good I had it. And, you know, there's that old cliche about you really don't appreciate something until it's gone. And I think, um, even though I, I felt like I had an appreciation for it before, uh, it's, it's been such a hyper uh, a heightened i should say experience since you know i'm so I have so much gratitude um and uh so that that's sort of something that's ongoing, but certainly felt that the first day back because um I just got bear hugs from everybody and and people were really excited to see me and that sort of uh you know buoyed my my excitement also and um so yeah it was a really uh it was a great first day back and and it's been great, you know, ever since too. All
0: right. Let's, let's, let's take a little journey back with us here, Greg. So, uh, let's do it. I'm curious to know before YNR, you had appeared on Strong Medicine and you'd done uh, Gilmore Girls and then mm-hmm. X-Men United. Uh, what are your memories of that movie?
2: Oh, uh, let's see. I had really fun memories of that. It was, uh, See, it was, um, it was like a two or three minute, uh, museum sequence in the very beginning of the movie where, uh, the kids from, um, professor X's school are at this museum and uh, pyro, um, Iceman and, uh, rogue. Is that, uh, Anna Paquin's character? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. They're sort of in the food court and these two like bullies, if you will, uh, come up to them and start giving them a hard time. And, um, uh, so yeah, it was fun working with those guys. And then halfway through the scene, Professor X, who's Patrick Stewart's character, senses that something is, is happening and he has the ability to freeze time. So then, um, to sort of, you know, prevent the, the situation happening in the food court to esc- uh, to escalate any further, he freezes time. So, um, I mean, it was such a big set piece. They took this, uh, convention center in Vancouver and turned it into a museum and then there was like hundreds and hundreds of of extras and um and there's the scene where time just stops and uh so i remember that being really fun and also being really challenging cuz we had to just sort of hold the position that we were in for you know minutes on end and i feel like when i watch it anytime i've gone back and watched it i can see myself move a little bit <laughs> but um but yeah no that was really fun and i sort of feel like that uh I had done a little work before then, but that kind of really got the ball rolling because I think uh any casting office I went into after um after that they they were excited they were excited about that credit and wanted to talk about um that movie and and uh so yeah that was a good one.
1: Well, a credit that Mara and I want to talk about <laughs> is your role as David on Dawson's Creek. okay. All right. So tell us about That was like Yeah.
2: That was the break. I always refer to that as the break. Like there was some work before that, but that was the job that um where I sort of got to hang up my apron, my California Pizza Kitchen apron.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and to and head to North Carolina.
2: Yeah. Literally. I was I was uh working the takeout line on Friday uh, the Friday afternoon shift. And on Monday I was flying first class to North Carolina. So it's a funny business.
1: Yeah. Well, how, how did that feel?
2: Amazing. You know, I, um, and, you know, I can do that thing with like the smallest violin because it was, you know, really just about three years from the time I got to Los Angeles to, to, to that, uh, to when I, when I booked that job, but you know, when you're in it, it feels like a lifetime. And, uh, and yeah, it was, um, I was working hard. I was, uh, you know, I didn't have very much of a social life outside of that. I was, you know, basically working double shifts on weekends and, and just trying to make enough money to pay my bills and pay for acting class. And, um, and so, uh, so, you know, when you're, when you're sort of working at, at achieving the goal and it doesn't, and it feels like it's miles away when you start sort of, making inroads and it starts feeling a little closer, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a, that's an exciting feeling. And then when you, when you have a tangible win, like the first real tangible win, where you're like, wait, I think, I think I was, I was onto something here. I'm, I'm, I'm not a fraud. I maybe I know what I'm doing. You know, it was, uh, it was really validating. And, um, so the personal win was great. And then of course the work, uh, Getting to work on that show was was just a, a really great sort of first, if you will, experience. The first experience I had of like being in a place for um, for longer than just like a day or two, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. And I mean, at the time you came on, the show was super hot. You know, these actors had worked together for a while. You know, what was that like to be the newcomer on the set?
2: Well, um, it was the it was the sixth season, which um, if I'm not mistaken, was the final season, right? I think it was. Yeah. And then they, uh, yeah, it was the final season. So they were, I mean, it was a well-oiled machine and they were already, um, you know, they had all been in, uh, all the leads on that show had already had sort of like blossoming film careers. So I think they were, um, they were ready to sort of move on to the next chapter, but we're all super lovely. And, um, and, generous as, as acting partners. And there was also enough newcomers. Cause I think every year they would have their, um, you know, their, their, their recurring guests who were the love interests of their principal characters. Right. So that season it was, uh, it was an actress named Bianca Kalick who, um, has gone on to, uh, have a lot of success in, um, sitcoms. She was on that show rules of engagement for years and years. Uh, and then Jensen Ackles was, uh, Michelle Williams, um love interest that year and I remember Jensen and I uh I don't I think I don't know if it was his first episode too but we flew out to North Carolina together and and met on the plane before we even uh before we got to North Carolina oh. and I think he's done he's done fairly well for himself <laughs> yeah <laughs> Both, just a little bit uh, yeah. <laughs> creek yeah and uh and so let's see, it was he was Jensen me um Bianca and uh gosh I can't remember who else but um uh but yeah, so I guess there was enough newcomers where I didn't necessarily feel uh like the odd man out. And again, like I said, all the principal I remember, you know, Katie Holmes hosted uh, a couple of parties at her house and you know, we'd go out to karaoke with Busy and Michelle and yeah, it was a really, really great um great experience.
0: What was your karaoke jam back in back in those days, Greg?
2: Oh, good question. Um I'm gonna say uh it might have been Don't You Forget About Me mm, class I on. Yeah, a little, little, uh, that's Breakfast Club, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or maybe Billy Joel, uh, Only the Good Young. Those are oh, always, uh, another good um, one. Thanks. Uh, that's, that's, that's pretty much the extent of my karaoke repertoire. <laughs> 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 Those two songs.
0: Uh, had you watched Dawson's Creek as a fan prior to joining it? it was like, was that, was that in your viewing? You I had seen it.
2: I had seen it, but I was in, you know, I was in college when it was on and, uh, didn't watch like a ton of, of television, but um, but it was such a zeitgeisty show. So even if you weren't a weekly f- uh, fan, of of course I had, you know, I, was, I knew who those characters were and I had seen episodes.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So then YR came along in 2003?
2: Mm-hmm. It was like literally, uh, I remember leaving, I want to say I left North Carolina in March, like maybe mid or late March. And then um, I think YR came around late May, if I'm not mistaken, I think my first day was like June 6th or June 8th or something of 2003. So it was like a, a two month gap where I was, you know, freaking out about, am I ever going to work
1: again? And, <laughs> <laughs> and then you get cast as a creepo who gave Lily an STD. Um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know,
2: he, and I've, I know I've told the story before, but, uh, you know, Kevin was, it was like a, it was supposed to be a, a, a two to three week long gig I think he was really just supposed to just come in and wreak some havoc for Lily, and then and then leave, and then uh, um, and then after my audition, it suddenly went from being a few weeks to hey, will he sign like a three month contract? And then um, I don't remember the specifics, but then very quickly from there, it turned into a one year contract, and and uh, the rest is history.
0: So, do you like recall? The time that, like you, kind of realized, like, okay, this is the show's committing to to me into developing this character. Um, not like
2: I don't know how how specifically I remember. Um, I think at first I thought, oh, okay, this is this is going to be a, a good job uh, that'll last, you know, more than more than a few days. Sort of like Dawson's Creek was. Uh, I think that was my first thought, and then, um, and then, I think once I got here and started working with everybody, and and uh, and then I w- and then I think I was hopeful that it wasn't going to go away because I really drank the Kool Aid really quickly and and really liked being here and um, liked the work that I was getting to do because it was such you know Kevin was doing a lot of like heavy emotional stuff in the beginning, especially, which was, uh, you know, super fun to play. Um, and then I don't know, I think it was around the time that they, they were, um, exploring Kevin and Michael being brothers and timeline wise, I don't remember, but I want to say that that was probably when I thought, oh, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll stick around a little longer, or maybe they had already asked me to stay beyond that first year. At that point, I don't remember which came first, but, um, you know, somewhere somewhere within, you know, maybe a year in, I realized, oh, this is this could be something that lasts a little longer than than it was originally supposed to.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, certainly the character was woven into the fabric when he was made Michael's brother. So tell us about your dynamic with Christian.
2: Um, I think that's actually the best example, sort of uh, circling back to what I was talking about earlier, where maybe I was always grateful for the job, but I don't always, I, maybe I took for granted how special that dynamic is and how grateful I, uh, I am to Christian because, um, as if we're real brothers, you know, he's such a Christian is such a, um, gregarious ball of energy. And there were certainly moments at seven in the morning when we, then I'd be in hair and makeup and I, you know, was still half asleep and not caffeinated and he'd be just like lighting up the room and have so much energy. And I'd be like, oh gosh, if, if he could just dial it back a notch. And now like, um, again, sort of being absent from, from here for, uh, for almost two years, like now I, he gets, he gets such big bear hugs from me every time. Um, every time I see him, because, uh, I didn't, I don't think I fully appreciated how special that relationship was to me, both Kevin, Michael, and also Christian and Greg and, um, and how much I missed it. So, um, yeah, so I think, um, you know, I think we both really cared a lot about, uh, exploring what the relationship was. And and again, it wasn't just, Oh, this is Kevin and he's my brother. We, um, we were sort of given a lot of heavy stuff right off the bat that there was betrayal and abandonment and, and, um, lots of sort of anger between these two guys. And so, um, so it was really fun, you know, figuring out where that all came from and how it manifested itself on screen and, and sort of what it became and how, you know, I think it's evolved in that we've both matured somewhat, but you know, your family is, uh, certainly you're, you're at your most raw and vulnerable around your family members. So I think he's, um, I think Michael can really sort of, uh, can trigger Kevin in ways that that maybe some other people can't
0: mm-hmm. uh and you won your Emmys the same year isn't that correct
2: yeah yeah I mean um
0: that's pretty cool
2: yeah those scenes were uh it was when Kevin uh was gonna kill himself and um and Michael and Lauren walk into you know find him at in his apartment and um and Michael sort of talks him down from from doing so, and I don't remember if that's if if we submitted the same material, but it was just such a it was really a, it was a great story for the show that year and I think um they gave both christian and myself such uh, such great material to play and and yeah it was so exciting that we uh that we also won i mean it was really just such a special time
1: mm-hmm um, and they expanded the family by bringing on, uh, the boy's mother. So mm-hmm. first it was Joan Van Ark <laughs> and then Judith Chapman, you know, what yes. could you say about working with both actresses?
2: Um, Joan was, uh, a trip. So, um, so eccentric and fun and, uh, you know, eccentric in a, in a way that's really fun to be around, not, uh you know, kind and, and, and lovely and just sort of, um, you know, uh, but I think the pace was a little too much for, um, f- uh, for, f- from what she was used to, uh, from whatever work she had done before on Knott's Landing and wherever else, but, um, just a heart of gold. And, um, and I still see her on occasion because I live around a reservoir near a reservoir that she runs around. And so, uh, you know, a couple times a year, we'll bump into each other and, um, and have a nice catch up, uh, but she was as lovely as could be. And, um, and then Judith, uh, same thing. I'm, I, I, you know, eccentric and lovely and fun, um, and generous and, and, uh, um, and brought such a different energy to the character. I mean, they both worked, uh, but, you know, Judith really, um, was kind of stepping into some big shoes and really, uh, did a great job, uh, Making that the character her own, and um, yeah, I have such uh, respect for both of them.
0: Uh, over the years, you know, a lot of different ladies caught Kevin's eye, uh, oh. and vice versa, he caught the, the eye of a many, many a lady. Do you think that Kevin has a true love, or like who pops out to you as the most significant relationship that, that he's had to, thus far? Huh,
2: um, I wonder if Kevin has a true love. Um, I don't know. I, I think I, I always just say like Kevin hasn't exactly been lucky in love. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, especially in the beginning misguided attempts, uh, particularly with Lauren and Lily. Um, and then maybe he kind of, uh, got it right a little bit with Jenna. Um, because I think, you know, she was sort of, uh, a little outside the box, the just you know, in a way that complimented Kevin being outside the box. Um, so I think that was probably his first, you know, somewhat successful relationship. You know, until she tried to kill him. Um, <laughs> oh, that? Uh, oh, yeah that that little uh, obstacle. <laughs> and then, um, you know, and I guess the same is sort of true with Chloe, right? Where, uh, where that relationship works in that they're they're not they're neither of them are really Always playing with fifty-two cards, so, um, <laughs> so yeah. I guess I mean, if I had to pick one, I would for sure say say Chloe, but um, but I also wouldn't give it a full like. Yes, these two, you know, emotionally balanced, healthy people are one hundred percent good for each other. You know,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, such high standards you have, right? <laughs> <Thank
2: God. laughs> well, I don't know. I guess when I think about like. I don't know who's you know, uh Michael and Lauren, for instance. Like that to me is a that is a solid, you know, uh relationship that even with its ups and downs, um, feels more stable perhaps than any relationship Kevin has had. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Am I the only one? No, you no. No, no. You're a hundred percent. You're totally yeah. there. Okay.
1: Um now Kevin is also an IT specialist. How would you rate your own computer <laughs> proficiency?
2: Oh god, I know how to turn my computer on. <laughs> um, n- I'm not very proficient at all. In fact, um, uh this weekend I was in the desert with some friends and my friend Larry ex- uh, picked up my phone and he was like, "You have 3002 unread emails." <laughs> and he was uh he was mortified by that.
0: He would not want to see my phone. <laughs> right,
1: yeah. How many how many do you have? Over a hundred thousand.
0: Oh my God. Really?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I can't look at Mara's phone. It it does stress me out a little. Well sometimes and sometimes
2: I'll be like, Oh, I should delete some and then I'll delete like three hundred and I'm like,
1: Okay, now I'm down to twenty seven hundred.
0: That's like but me. I'm like I'm down at ninety nine thousand nine hundred and ninety
2: nine. Yeah. And All then right. he's like, Well, why don't you just unsubscribe to everything? And I was like, Well, some things I need. Every once in a while I'll be like, I
0: needed to know about that Jake Crusale. I don't know how I can't I don't even have that excuse <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a mess Greg <laughs> I think we I think we get along really well um, so yeah I'm not like
2: I I couldn't hack a thing I couldn't um figure out you know a pseudocode or any of the things that Kevin has had to say I think like probably some of the biggest like challenges acting challenges for me is like to make those words work as though they they are part of my lexicon, you know.
1: Mhm. Oh yeah, I would not I would not be good in that job. So you ended up having a nice long run at YNR and then you were written out. You know, how did that feel? Yeah. Um
2: it it didn't feel great. It was um uh, hmm. it was you know, I think it was a, a bit of a surprise. I think that there's been times over the course of my 14, uh, at the time, 14 years here where I felt, you know, vulnerable or insecure about my, my place. But, um, but I think, uh, I had, I was, uh, just a few months into a new contract and, and, uh, and I think at a time feeling secure about, um, uh, about my, uh, my role here and, and Kevin's value to the show. And so it was a little bit of a curveball Um, and, uh, you know, and I'm not ashamed to say it took me more than a minute to just kind of lick my wounds and, and rebound from it. It was, uh, um, you know, 14 years is a long time, is a long time to be at any job, especially one where I feel like I sort of came in here as like, you know, a young man at best and really sort of matured and, and evolved. And, and, you know, the, the bulk of my career was also here in this place. So, uh, I think I had a little bit of a, who am I now if I'm not this, this character on this show. And so professionally it was, uh, it was a little bit of, um, uh, of a journey I had to take, but, um, but in hindsight, you know, first off, there's no door that closes where another door doesn't open. And I was grateful to, uh, to have the opportunity to, to go play over at Days and, and to to play Leo was was such a gift. And then beyond that, it also gave me an opportunity. I had a lot of time off over the last 2 years and I have a 3-year-old. So there is time that you just do not get back and so having having you know, so much time with him was uh was something that I'm grateful for and um and again, I had it really easy for and maybe not easy, but I had it good for 14 years and getting knocked on 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 your ass every now and again is, I think, good for everybody. So it was a little bit of a, you know, of an equalizer, if you will. And, um, and, um, I'm, I'm grateful that it happened.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, you, you rebounded, uh, by landing at Days of Our Lives to like great fanfare, great critical acclaim. Uh, tell us about, uh, working as, as Leo, some of the folks that you worked with and, and the time that you had.
2: Um, that character was so much fun to play. Um, I, I want to give props to Marnie Saida who, uh, um, who was responsible for me getting the job here, uh, on young and restless back in 2003. And, um, also, uh, pitched me to, you know, to, uh, I guess, Albert and, and, uh, and Greg and, and Ron and everyone else over at days, uh, as the character of Leo. So, um, that was super fun. Uh, I think when I first got there, you know, Leo was the, was kind of the henchman for, uh, Louis Sorel's character, Vivian. Right. So yeah. she was, she was the bad guy and he was kind of just doing her dirty work, um, which was fine and fun. And, uh, but he was a little bit more of a pawn and then, uh, but again, it was, it was a nice, um, it sort of came on the heels of my leaving here, and so at least uh, uh, it sort of lifted my spirit somewhat and reminded me, okay, I am, I am someone who can procure work, and 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 that was, I think, a boost in the arm that I needed at the time. And then um, when that ended, I was like, okay, well, that was a that was a, I did, I, I don't think I ever thought like, well, that'll be my, that'll be my second act. That was just um, a gig that I, I think at the time I thought was, um, you know, what it was, what it was supposed to be, which was just a few months. And so then that ended and, uh, and again, same thing. I think I thought, well, um, I think I imagined that I was done with playing that character. And then, uh, a few months after he left, I got a call from Greg asking if I'd be interested in coming back. And what was so fun about Leo's return is that unlike being the henchman for the bad guy, Now he got to be the bad guy and he had such uh, a strong point of view and such an axe to grind because, um, you know, it was sort of spelled out pretty clearly in some scenes he had with Sonny and Leo early on where he's like, you thought you killed me. You did nothing to try and help or save me. And now I'm going to make your lives hell. (laughs) So it wasn't just like, Hey, I'm just going to be bad for no reason. It was like, you guys, you, you wronged me in a pretty significant way. And, um, and then on top of that, getting to, uh, be as arch as he got to be and, and as vivacious and flamboyant and, um, and the dialogue they wrote, Oh my God, I, it was such a gift. And, um, I, I absolutely loved the experience playing him. I got such a warm welcome from everybody there. Um, Christian Alfonso would ask me about my son every single time I saw her. And, uh, so yeah, it was a really lovely set and, um, and really quality people over there.
0: Mm-hmm. Greg, I, I need to know if you took Leo's wedding suit home and if not, why not?
2: <laughs> I didn't. Um, <laughs> I had, there was a minute where I thought, should I wear this to the Emmys? Um, <laughs> that would have been fantastic. you know, sort of as an homage to, uh, to, to Leo. Um, And I, and it's funny because as I was wearing that suit, I was like, is there any way to wear this and not like, can you tone it down a little bit? And I thought, well, what if you wore like the jacket with some like Navy slacks or if you wore the slacks with the, you know, something that. Why tone
0: down perfection? I don't understand why we've been having this conversation. I just,
2: no, no. Like (laughs) it is, it is 1000% Leo, but you know, I wouldn't wear that suit. And I was thinking like, is there any way I could, and the answer is no. It's like, you have to, you have to just jump in head first. and Leo, I think has more confidence Um stylistically than Kevin does. I mean, than Greg does.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it looked great. We actually got I know, it letters was, about yeah. it. Um, You're, are you serious? It. Yeah, seriously. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Stephanie tracked down
0: where it was from. I went Mr. on the Turk, website. Right? I was like, yeah. there's so many things here I could see myself styling my friends in, whether they want to yeah. be styled in it or not.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like I feel like um, Leo's whole wardrobe should have come from uh, Mr. Turk, like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. It really looked like you had a lot of fun playing that character. Like it really came across. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, especially, uh, in the beginning where he, uh, you know, like any good story, you know, of course, um, it shifted, but he came and he was really holding all the cards and he had everybody by the cojones. So that's such a fun, that, that power position is, is a fun, uh, uh, place to be operating from. And, uh, so, yeah, I, I really was having a lot of fun, and and I'm glad that that came, that came across.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you mentioned your son, Montgomery, who is turning mm-hmm. three very soon. Monty.
2: Yeah, Monty. he turns three in two weeks.
1: And you're married to Rob, as you also mentioned. Um, so yeah. tell us about your son and just, you know, your life away from uh, Genoa City now.
2: Okay. Uh, my life is great. Uh, my son is amazing. Um, you know, I think uh, having uh, some extra, uh, free time over the past two years, I think, um, ultimately was, was such a blessing. Cause I, you know, got a, a lot of time with my son and, you know, time is something you don't, you don't get back. So, uh, so yeah, I think, um, I'm, I am grateful for that. He's terrific. He's really smart. He's really interested in and curious and, uh, and funny. He's a really funny little guy. Um, he starts school, uh, in in July, uh, preschool and, um, he plays soccer and, uh, does a gymnastics class and a music class. So he's, uh, you know, we're trying not to overschedule him, but also just throw a bunch of stuff against the wall and see what sticks. And, um, so far he's, you know, again, he's, uh, he, he absolutely teaches me that every day is an adventure. And, um, you know, so we have our spots. We go to some fun museums, and he likes to go to this place, Travel Town, here in L.A., that uh, where they have a train that we get to ride on. And, um, yeah, he's fun. He's fun. I mean, he's also, you know, he's about to turn three, so he's uh, he has his challenging moments. And, uh, and um, you know, but I think I'm mostly good at, at navigating those. He's in a little bit of a hitting phase right now. So um, yeah, it's really fun. I think the key is to just you know to as best you can to be neutral, and you know we let him know that hitting's a no no in our house, and we can't let him hit, and you know we'll, we'll give him timeouts if if we need to. The problem is not uh, the challenge, I should say. Sometimes is not losing your temper because sometimes he'll actually like hurt you, and you know, and it's not because he's a bad kid. It's because he just doesn't completely have control over his body and his emotions yet. So. um, so you know, even with the challenges, he's a he's a sweetheart, and I wouldn't uh, trade a second of it.
0: Do you think about siblings for him?
2: Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I don't know the specifics of when, but uh, yeah, well, that's I think that's something that's in the cards for us for sure. That's exciting. And um, yeah, so he's great. He's a lot of fun, and uh, and my husband's doing great. He's um, he's running a show, a new Netflix show for Genji Cohen called. Uh, the title might change, but I think it's uh, going to be called Slutty Teenage Bounty Hunters. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Tell me in. Again, why <laughs> yeah. a mess with perfection?
2: Right? I mean, like <laughs> it tells you everything you need to know about that show, just from the title. Right. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, life is, life outside of Geno City is, uh, is really good right now.
1: Um, now, we do have to ask, I mean, Monty is sort of a mystery. He's like, the back of his head is on social media. Um, is, are you ever going to show his face? Is it just not something you're comfortable with? Um, I don't know that I even have like an, uh, I think, I think, um. Obviously Mara and I are very curious. Just have to <laughs> yeah. We want baby pictures, Greg. That's well, what this we have, uh, I'll send you guys a baby
2: picture. <laughs> yeah. We have All a private, right. we have a private Instagram account for him, for our, our friends and family. And I think, um, I don't know. I think, I think when he's older and he says that he wants to have his picture taken and, and he doesn't mind it being shared, um. That I think at that point I'd be I'd be happy to show his face, but right now I kind of feel like uh, he doesn't necessarily have a say, and um, I don't know. I, can, I think I'm a little sensitive to to, to that. To, I
0: don't think there's anything wrong with being.
2: Yeah, and nor do I think there's that. anything wrong with 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 parents that that make different choices. I just think that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess uh, I, I have I have a friend who who had a, a famous parent, and I don't know that. Um, when you're sort of, uh, you know, in in the public eye in some way, that's not necessarily of your choice. Like, I don't know, I don't. I, for me personally, I just thought, hey, when he's older, he can say, yeah, I want to be on your on your Twitter or your Instagram,
0: and that's when He can be that's like when... felt cute, might delete later. What's that? That's what the kids say. Felt felt cute, might delete later. Oh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, but no, he's a he's he's got a big. Had a curly blonde hair and he's got big blue eyes and yeah he's a he's a sweet looking little guy.
0: Now I I might not be able to get the Monty pics I've been craving on your social All media right. accounts, but what I do get, Greg, is your uh, Twitter war with Rebecca Buttig. Uh,
2: Rebecca Buttig. <laughs> Rebecca Buttig.
0: Now for um, those who don't know, uh, this uh, Miss Miss Buttig, who's returning to GHS Hayden, actually is Greg's next door neighbor. Correct. How did this fight begin? Um, were you excited to reanimate it? I, I have so many questions.
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know that it ever really went away. I think, like, <laughs> you know, it kind, of, it, it kind of has peaks and valleys. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it's – I don't even know how it started. Like it, it But it, it, it truly exists in our, uh, in our friendship. Like, I tease her mercilessly. Um, if I ever see her garage door open – uh, and she's like knowing that she's pulled into the garage and maybe she's finishing up a call on uh, in her car. I like to like peek in and scare her like it's, <laughs> it, 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 it's not it's not just for public consumption. Like some of there's even things that I, I haven't posted where we'll have a, an exchange on text and I'll be so like tickled by something that either I said or she you know, said back to me that I'll like, I'll show it to Rob. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just a, it's, it's sort of like a sibling dynamic we have. Um, but, um, no, but it all comes from a place of love. I, but you didn't hear me say that.
0: I was about to say boring.
2: <laughs> but it's, it is funny when, when people, uh, who, when people are, will like comment on something that I've said, or she didn't be like, that's so mean. And they like take us to task <laughs> for it and be like, you guys, come on. Dig a little deeper. Uh, <laughs> but, well that's uh, the thing.
1: Some people don't like know the humor and they think like you're serious. Right.
2: Yeah. But there's some that I was so <laughs> proud of my uh also like sometimes people just like the setup is so easy. Like on that um I think it was a daytime confidential headline <laughs> that said that said Rebecca butting checks back into general hospital. <laughs> 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 It was so easy to just x out the general, yeah.
0: and write mental. Right? Mm-hmm. That was what. Yes. Oh, yes. I, I, yes. I think I sent that one that to stuff late at night. I was I was uh, enjoying all the the comedy. <laughs>
1: just to yeah. believe. We do delight. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: And you know what? Um, Rebecca's daughter is, uh,
2: you know, just about a year older than Monty. So, um, so the kids play together, and um, and we've, uh, you know, she's a great, great. I hate to say this. She's a great next door neighbor. You know, we kind of look after each other's houses when the other is away, and um, so yeah.
1: Oh, that's sweet.
0: Well, yeah. we'll have her on the podcast and force her to return a compliment to you, Greg. <laughs> don't you worry. We will
1: <laughs> that's our that's yeah. our next task. Yeah. Don't worry. Okay.
0: Good. Well, even well, the score again. That's that's what I'm trying to say. All
2: right, but 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 don't worry. I will. There will. There's plenty of um, of sass uh, that I have. Like I have plenty of ammo
0: lined up in case she
1: doesn't say anything nice. <laughs> We'll keep it coming. <laughs> well, uh, we do look forward to seeing you back on screen on Young and the thanks. Restless. And yeah, thanks so much for joining really us. Yeah, it's
2: going to be really great. Yeah, Josh is, uh, and, uh, has written a really great story, I think. Um, and not just Kevin, but you get to see Michelle and you get to see um, Chelsea coming back. And um, there's and maybe some other people, too. So, um, yeah, so it's going to be really great.
1: Well, awesome. Thanks so much, Greg. We really yeah, enjoyed talking this to you. was so much fun. Thank yeah, you so was much really for your time. Thank you both. Okay. Right. Well, have a good day You too Bye. Thanks. Bye Thank you so much for joining us Thank you to Greg Rickard For being our guest If you like this podcast Please subscribe Wherever you listen to podcasts Please pick up a new issue On sale now And come back next week For another podcast Look around